Howdy, and welcome back to the FPL Jingle. How are you, Stephen? I'm good now, I'm good, how are you? I'm fantastic, I, I, I'm just off the back of a weekend in Zagreb, playing my third or fourth favourite sport, Gaelic football. Uh, how yeah, was... I, I can't imagine it's that big a sport over there, if I'm being honest. There was one Irish guy on the Croatian, the, the Zagreb team, and the rest were kind of Aussies and English guys. Good crack, good fun, uh, played it on a rugby pitch. Nice. I mean, they probably would qualify as their, their Croatian Gaelic football team if they had to, like, so it's probably not a big stretch to call them that. I didn't want to insult the other Croatian Gaelic footballers who'd probably be upset. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're out there somewhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. Lots of beer involved. Um, how was your bank holiday weekend as it was in Ireland? Oh yeah, I forgot it wasn't a bank holiday weekend for you guys. Um, yeah, no, it was good. Um, I was back home in Dublin for the weekend, meeting up with friends. Uh, one friend who uh, only got back from Australia a while ago, so I hadn't seen him in a couple of years. So it was good to catch up and uh, see the parents and all that crack. And I was actually talking to Paddy about trying to meet up for a pint, but it just it just not, never seems to line up whenever I'm in Dublin. It's almost like a running gag at this stage, but now we will eventually at some stage. Um, yeah, hopefully, not. maybe not before maybe not before Amsterdam, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Looking forward to the Amsterdam trip. Hopefully, a podcast from uh, Amsterdam is possible. That'd be nice. Oh yeah, that'd be that'd be savage if we we're able to pull it off. We'll see. Um, you might need to bring some of your gear because I don't know if it'll. I'll be able to take it on the flight with me. Yeah, yeah, I'll bring a little a little mobile setup. We'll record it in a van or something dodgy. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, a moving van. Uh, it has to be uh, constantly and on the move. Police chase podcast with me, Yon Kanhidi, and my. I think Stevo uh, actually does a podcast like that. He does a podcast in like a moving van and like. I don't know. I don't know what it adds to the podcast. It's a little bit maybe. Maybe we can maybe we can go on with James Corden, do the singing taxi, <laughs> carpool karaoke. You mean? Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Carpool karaoke. <laughs> it's not what you said at all. Uh, <laughs> heard me. Yeah, I don't want to burst your bubble or anything on, but you know that that's actually fake. Like that he doesn't actually drive the car. He's just on the back of a trailer. Um, don't think they believe you on that one. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fake news, isn't it? Like. It's, it's bullshit. I nearly had you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whew. My hero, James Corden, remains in his number one status in my head. Excellent. Very good. Uh, nice one. Uh, that was our weekends. Okay, Stephen, you came up against Mark Gary, the aforementioned gather-up of shite. Um, when I faced Mark two weeks ago, not a single player recorded a return. How did you fare in this easy fixture? Uh, first of all, fuck you. Um, yeah, no, I didn't fare so well. Uh, Mark had a had a week. Um, pretty much all of his players returned for him. Not that many returned for me, although I did have a good score, uh, like plus fifty points. So anytime you score plus fifty points and lose, like you know, you can feel a bit hard done by, but. This week. I think the average is around 40 now, we're down to 42. It was a 45 back when we had bonus points, but now it's uh, a touch lower. Yeah, yeah, so 73-53, 20-point loss, but once I kind of get into it, you'll kind of see what I was up against. So he had Mendy for a clean sheet, Bednarek, who he brought in, who was playing Burnley, who obviously conceded two. 
Keane got an assist, like Michael Keane got an assist. Uh, I can't really complain much because when I played Connell, I drafted in or wavered in Michael Keane, and he got a goal, which helped me draw with him. Uh, Rudiger got a clean sheet and an assist for a penalty that I kind of thought... <clears throat> Sorry. I kind of thought that the referee should have just like not let be retaken because they were 5-0 up already, and like so what... <laughs> But uh, he earned the the assist for Mason Mount's penalty that got him his second. Uh, Van Dijk got a clean clean sheet against uh, United. And Gundogan got a goal and a clean sheet. Mount got a hat-trick and assist and a clean sheet. Smith-Rowe got a goal and an assist. Jesus got an assist. And then the two strikers didn't do anything. So, yeah, that kind of told you what I was facing. Yeah, yeah, usual performance for Mark, something you would have expected. Absolutely not. I still think his team is shite. He just got lucky. Uh, uh, I'll die. He had, he had, he had tried to trade away Emmy Smith Rowe. Um, but yeah, ludicrous week. Let's be honest. Yeah, let's uh, be honest. I had Pickford, uh, who got um, one one point due to just saves. Cancelo only got one because they conceded in the eighty eighth. Uh, Thiago Silva got six for the clean sheet. I had Reese James who got a goal in the clean sheet for twelve. Robertson clean sheet. Bowen got a clean sheet point. Townsend did nothing. Rashford did nothing. Salah got um, he got uh, three goals and an assist and a clean sheet. Well, he doesn't get a clean sheet point, so I don't know why that's there. Uh, Tony and then Vardy who got subbed off at half time. So yeah, it was uh, it was rough. It was rough for me this week. Yeah, good week in fairness. Uh, you had uh, Reese James, a fullback with a clean and a goal. Uh, what a, an extra two clean sheets on top of that. Then, like, you know, Salah balled out with a hat-trick and an assist. And um, usually, as we've mentioned, that's enough. But um, maybe you just need to shore up your defense a bit and stop conceding this many points. Yeah, thanks for leading me into that, Owen. Um I mean, albeit stumbling and falling over, but yeah, like when I look at the points face in the league, I'm the third highest. I think only Mark, Gary, and Andy have um, faced more points than me, and I'm still fifth. And uh, so, you know, kind of happy with that. Obviously, not happy with the points face, but the results I've managed to uh, put together, considering the points face, I'm I'm pretty happy with. Um, and uh, if you want to talk about lowest points faced, uh, that might be the, the, the segue to go towards your matchup against uh, Gary, who you definitely had the, <coughs> again, the least points. Uh, did Gary score the least points in the in this week? He scored, no, uh, Owen Dillon did, but not by much. Uh, Gary scored 31, Owen scored 27. Actually, no, Mark Lossie scored 15. Jesus, what the hell happened to Mark? That was impressively low. That's yeah. That's um, that's uh, got to be a record, probably so far in the league, maybe. Uh, fifteen, I think, is a record. I think that is as low as it gets. But nevertheless, um, you got another lucky. Considering all the other scores that went on this week, you got very lucky. Super lucky. I think. Um, I think if I had faced eleven people, I would have lost. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe less twelve or thirteen. If I faced twelve or thirteen different people, they could have beat me or drawn with me. I think there was on three or four, three or four people in forty-one. But um, luckily enough, I faced Gary Fowley, a good old buddy of mine, and uh, he sorted me out. Um, 
I dropped Ramsdale and I brought in Alex McCarthy because I was looking at Burnley Southampton thinking that is nil-nil rode all over it. Uh, it was a 2-2. Um, yeah, our picks were our picks this week yeah. were terrible. Our our suggestions in terms of, but I mean, I don't give a, I don't have, I don't blame us too much. It was a, it was a ridiculous week in FPL this week. The, all the fixtures were just bonkers. So, uh, but it was just fun. It was funny yeah. watching it just all go wrong. Yeah, I mean, like we were all about Man United up in their game against uh, Liverpool and Everton doing a job on Watford and. Uh, we were saying what there'd be loads of goals in the Leeds Wolves game, and it ended up being a one-one. But um, we were way out, <laughs> in fairness. And I, I was saying, don't bother picking up Chelsea attackers as well for their seven-nil demolition of Norwich. So, like you know, I like I, I, I sure hope no one actually listens to this and takes our advice. Well, did you say that before? Decision. Did you say that before um, Werner and Lukaku got injured? Uh, yes, I did. There you go, I'm uh, giving you a bit of an out, so. Lovely. You know what, you're the best. <laughs> um, but yeah, if I, if I got on through it, uh, I had Nelson Samed, who was disappointed, lost out on whatever, in, what was it, 89th minute goal or 92nd minute goal or something like that. Uh, I think it was sure. even later than that, it was 95th, it was 94th, 94th minute penalty. Yeah, I looked at Leeds there and I was like, there's so many injured players, what is it, Calvin Phillips, Ailing, Bamford. And there's a lot of shite playing. Rafinha got injured in that game as well. Yeah, yeah. So if you're looking for clean sheets, I reckon they're coming against Leeds, depending on how the injuries come back. Um, if Phillips comes back, I'll be a little bit worried because he he did he he, he came he played on a full ninety against Arsenal in the Carabao on uh, Tuesday night. He'll settle them a bit and you know give the attackers a little more you know time and comfort on the ball. I think. Yeah, yeah, he's that. He's that. They use their main player, really. Like, especially in in terms of their their out, outfield players, like because he kind of dictates everything that they they do well, and uh, just the way he's able to screen the the back four, and the way he's able to distribute passes out wide. Uh, his range of passing is very good. Yeah, it, I often think of um, Man City versus Chelsea in the Champions League final, and Man City had no player like Calvin Phillips, at least not on the field. And they were just uncomfortable and just no time in the ball. And you, you, you need you need like a bit of comfort in front of the back four to be able to play attacking football. Uh, you know, you wouldn't always think about it, but you do need that. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll run down through it. Yeah, Chilwell with the goal and clean sheet, like 12 points. That's like the majority of my points. Cresswell got an assist and a clean sheet. Um Spurs just, you know, kind of spurs in a way. But West Ham doing a good job of shutting things down, which is something I'm, I'm conscious of and might look at in more detail. Um, there might yeah, we be... might discuss that when we go to look at this weekend's fixtures. Yeah, there might be clean sheets in that West Ham team. Laporte for two. Um, was it a penalty Brighton scored or what was it? Something. It was a penalty, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's disappointed with that one. Gallagher with two points, who I'm half considering dropping, but then I looked into him and he had he had the three shots against Arsenal, so thinking about it, but obviously I'll talk about Pogba later. Kai Havertz with three points, which is a big letdown, but like the furthest forward player for Chelsea in a 7-0. Um, he obviously scored in the cup. I won't be dropping him at all, but that's you know, that's a kind of a I hope that's not a telltale telltale sign. 
Bilva got me an assist, fair play to him. Ron with one, Mane with one, and Son with two. So no returns from my forwards at all. Obviously Bamford injured on my bench also. Um, I'm kind of sick of Ronaldo at the moment. Like maybe maybe that's a recency bias with with like him looking. Uh, yeah, he wasn't the worst looking player for Man United. But um oh, well I think he's not uh, he's not the Ronaldo of old. Yeah, so, we might get into it later on when we go to talk about that that Liverpool United game, but it feels like some of the negatives that are coming out of the of that are in some way related to how Ronaldo is fit into the team and how he plays within the setup. Um like yeah, if it, if it was regular you'd waver him out no problem, but in draft, like I just don't Oh, if you can, uh, you certainly can't drop him. You'd yeah. be looking to trade him, if anything. But what you get from him at the moment, I'm not sure. Like United have a tough run of fixtures coming in. I think they play uh, City and Chelsea and Arsenal, and they have tough games in the um, in the Champions League. I think they have Atalanta away, and then they have Villarreal away. Um, both those games, they managed to they beat those teams at, at Old Trafford, but they had to come from 2-0 down both times, both times with Ronaldo with the winner. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. Yeah, along with that, like there's always forwards knocking about on fan tracks. So ah, like, not Ronaldo, though. Ooh. No, no, like not Ronaldo. But um, he, yeah, I'm not dropping him and I'm probably not trading him, but he's... Uh, his buddy Pogba is certainly going, and um, I'll be keeping a close eye on Ron. Um, we'll have a quick look at Gary's team. He had uh, Yaris there for a save point and appearance point, so that's three. Cancelo got one for him with a yellow card. Soyuncu got one, a yellow card again. Tarkowski got one off uh, two goals conceded. Van Dijk got the clean. Kev with a point. Came on for 12 minutes. Kai... He had Kai Havertz as well, so yeah, obviously Kai Havertz wouldn't have done much for me in that sense, but still disappointed with him having him in my team and not to have scored in a 7-0. He has Tielemans, who I think is worth a conversation, on 7 points with a goal. Uh, I recommended him to you last week and you you did you turned me down. So, but you know what? I, I probably mean, still won't pick him up. Just, well then stop talking about it, so. Yeah, I, I think it's worth a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. Worth the conversation, but I'm not going to do it. Yeah, pretty much. I want to talk about my feelings more than anything, Steve. Um, yeah, we're on the wrong podcast, so. Do we do a podcast about feelings at some stage? Is that what you're saying? Um, no, I'm saying I do one, and I just don't I haven't told you yet. Oh, she. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. I see that uh, Mares came on and scored a goal for him, despite only playing two minutes. Like, that's some return. <laughs> yeah, is Mares the new Sané, or what's the story? He's um, uh, He shouldn't be, because... always good. And yeah, he, he's always good. He's always good, games. just doesn't get games. Don't know why. Uh, <clears throat> Sterling, um, maybe because he's kicking up a fuss, saying that he'd be open to playing elsewhere to get more game time. And then Pep coming out and saying no one's going to get preferential treatment, but Sterling is one of the more senior players... Um, so probably would get preferential treatment, but I think Mares is such a baller whenever he plays. Um, but you know, Pepperlet is just such a. Uh, 
who are we to try and predict Pep Roulette? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, that's kind of a reason I'm, I've stayed away from Man City midfielders and forwards is because it's just so unpredictable. Like, Kevin De Bruyne is a first-round pick all day long, and he comes on for 12 minutes against Brighton. You know, so, like, and all he does is concede a goal. He doesn't, like, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like, Kev is, stay away from Kev in terms of fantasy, I think. I've gone ahead and picked up Bernardo Silva last week. I, yeah, I think he just, he's just in my team this week for now. And he seems like a semi-decent option. I'll certainly be keeping Yeah, he's good. Um, he's playing well, uh, which is the good thing. It's just, even when players play well in, in City, in the City teams, they do tend to still get rotated. So be interesting. It's interesting because of, there was all the transfer rumors linking Bernardo with a move away from City. Obviously, City denied all the rumors as you would because you're never going to openly admit it. But it's been interesting to see him get back into the team and perform well, considering all that transfer buzz. Yeah, he was linked with Arsenal, wasn't he? And I was surprised. Ah, sure, we're linked with fucking everyone. Yeah, yeah, not as much as Man United. But I was I was surprised to see him kind of lock down that spot. Um, Maybe because of, I don't know, Jack Grealish not looking yeah. the best. We were we were going to sign him, and then we said, "Well, we're still considering this Jan Mvia guy, so we'll hold off Household for the moment." name. Yeah, absolutely. Only the Arsenal fans will kind of get that one. Um, so then looking at some of the other fixtures from this weekend in terms of the fan tracks league, Cahill getting a nice win over Andy, seventy-two points, which felt is. You nearly feel bad when you score that many points against the guy who scored that few because you'd rather have saved trying to save it for a, a, when you actually need it, but you obviously can't do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Connell with a win over Mark Lossy, who just didn't even show up. Steve Lyons, 77 points against Owen Dillon, 27. Another one where you feel like, Jesus, can I save some of these points and use them next week? Uh, John with the highest score of the week against Tyg, 83 points on his birthday weekend, and he won a, a free coffee machine off the back of a pint of Bulmers. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. What a fucking weekend. Like, that's fucking excellent. Like, 83 points. <laughs> birthday. Uh, Go out and win a fucking coffee machine of a pint glass. I, I'm amazed that that was the shock of the weekend for me. <laughs> I'm not even that amazed. That stuff always just seems to happen to John. <clears throat> He's just that happy-go-lucky guy. He deserves it. He does um, like coffee. And then... <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, and then Thomas got to, to win over uh, Team Auto Draft. <laughs> uh, Connor got the win over um, Paddy, which I was a bit surprised about because, um, yeah, <laughs> just didn't see it coming. Let's take a look at Paddy's team there. I'm just going to pull that up. 28 points this week. Um, yeah, hold on. That. I'll look it up now. Uh, see what he did last week. Um, apologies now for the dead air. Um, he had McCarthy. Sing a song while we're waiting. McCarthy, Laporte, both got two. He had Livermento get seven. So Livermento's actually been a player that's getting been returning almost every week. He either gets the clean sheet or he got a goal this time or he gets an assist. <laughs> Or, um, One of them boys with a Chelsea buyback clause. Yeah. Um, Bowen for three, Pogba for minus two, Maximan two, Bernardo five, Jesus five, Son two, Vardy one. So in a similar situation to myself of Vardy. But uh, yeah, just nobody doing anything for him. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, he left... Uh, I'm, looking, I'm looking at the right week. He left Matip on the bench, which kind of made sense last week. 
uh, Lukaku's injured for him, and he also left Christensen on his bench. So well, Christensen didn't play. There's a whole host. Oh, no. not. Okay, oh, yeah, let's get something. Um, oh, yeah, so just the six points plus the Lukaku injury, which you know probably would have dominated yeah. Norwich, let's be honest. Three, four goals, you'd be thinking. Loves those shit teams. Yeah, Connor, or Connor meanwhile, uh, had Pickford, uh, Cresswell. Uh, he brought in a Southampton player as well to match Livermento. Uh, Perot, uh, Rudiger, Grealish. Hercule Perot? Or, or... Uh, I wish. Uh, Roman, apparently. <laughs> it's not spelled the same way either. Never heard of that uh, guy. Yeah, neither have I. Are you sure he's real? Uh Unless Vantrax is kind of like turned into like late stage FIFA career mode and it's just doing regen names. Uh, it was a regen. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Kovacic returned. He had Kovacic for two assists. Jesus. Okay. Fair play, Connor. Uh, Madison with the goal. Um, I have Madison as well. I'm disappointed I didn't start him, but sure, look, I I didn't think his form was that great going in. He did get an assist midweek in Europa, but wasn't sure how well he'd play, but. That, that new reformation seems to suit him. And then out of all his forwards, Callum Wilson was the only... As, as well as as well as well his kind of return to form, I think, you know, he's, he's he's off the back of the injury coming into the season and wasn't getting minutes. And now I, th- I think he'll be a great player to have on your side going yeah. forward. Uh, Connor could have even had more points. He had Allison on his bench for seven, who got three saves and the clean sheet. But obviously his United bias wouldn't allow him to play it, even though he had uh, Luke Shaw from minus one and Paul Pogba from minus two on his bench. So he clearly wasn't that confident in United, but wasn't confident enough against Liverpool. Liverpool. <laughs> so, funny. I got fierce fortunate there that Pogba didn't come on. Man, he came on at the end of, the, of that game to keep Pogba on my bench. I was delighted. Ah, but sure, you won by like 10 points, so I don't really think it matters too much. Oh, yeah, I was still pleased. So... Anyway, that's uh, those were the the matchups from the Fantrax League this week. Um, standing wise, then you have Stephen and yourself tied for first place with seven wins, one draw, and one loss. Uh, Steve ahead on points scored. Yeah, that's um, I think that's the first time I've I've dropped out of first in uh, about four or five. Well, weeks that happens when you play like there. the least amount of points faced consistently every week. Well, I hope you're not sore about this, Stephen. We'll gave it away. <laughs> um, yeah, Steve has three more points scored than me. So, so there you go. Uh, he has an assist more than me there. That puts him just ahead of me. Uh, but you, still very tight up there. And then Porik then in third, uh, Paddy then in fourth, and then me then in fifth. I'm only a point behind both of the lads, but obviously I have the two draws kind of working against me there, but not too. Not too uh, upset about that, really, if I'm honest. Uh, Connell then in sixth, uh, five wins, one draw, three losses. Connor then matching him on six, with the 16 points. Uh, eighth, we have Mark, who's up after his win against me to five and four. 15 points, Thomas and Mark Lossie matching him on 15. Then you have John, four, one and four, 13 points. Tyg matched with him in 12th, and then... Kind of goes a little bit off a cliff then. You kind of have Cahill, Owen, Dylan, Mitch, Gary, Andy, and Team Auto Draft then at the bottom. So 9, 9, 6, 6, 6, and 3. So you get a feeling that if, if they're not, if Cahill isn't able to replicate those 70 points consistently, he may be, he may be struggling to stay in, in relevancy. Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you don't get your act together, like let's say in the next five games, if you're not getting three to four wins, you're not going to climb above 12th. So 
uh, when it comes to the race for fourths, which, you know, obviously at the end of this league, we have our playoffs uh, after game week 33. Is it that? Four, five, six, seven. After game week 34. Um, you, you're, they're they're, they're going to be adrift after the next couple of weeks if they don't uh, get their act together very quickly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Will we, uh, will we move on to the Premier League fixtures and maybe talk, have a chat about some of that? That sounds like an idea. Okay, Stephen, which match would you like to start describing for us? Um, we might just start, I don't know, at the beginning, I suppose. Uh, Friday Night Football, Arsenal 3, Villa 1. Um, a complete enough performance from the Gunners. Uh, I thought it was uh, they played well. I thought Aubameyang looked... Um, like he had a lot of energy, and he was he was he looked interested anyway. He was pressing a lot early on, forcing the turnovers from the back four and the keeper. Um, we were kind of unlucky uh, early on, uh, around the twenty minute mark. Thomas Partey hit the the crossbar from a, a a cross into the box from a free kick, and then I think a few minutes later, then the ball was uh, Smith Rowe swung in a corner, and uh, he got on the the end of it with a nice header. To get his first goal for Arsenal. Been a little bit fortunate then at the end of the first half, a little bit controversial maybe. Lacazette gets taken down. Uh, Refways play on, and then after he blows for full time, he's asked to look at the monitor by VAR and decides to award a penalty to Arsenal for what I thought was a little bit of a harsh penalty. He, I suppose, he did kind of go through the back of him, but Lacazette makes the most of it. Really, if I'm being honest, and I like, I, I am an Arsenal fan, but even then, I was still a bit surprised. And then, um. Obviously, Villa chasing the game 2-0 down in the second half. Uh, Arsenal counter quick. Aubameyang does a lovely flick uh, over to Smith-Rowe on the left-hand side, who's uh, clean pair of heels through one-on-one with the keeper. But Mings is coming across. Uh, he has no one with him, so he goes himself, tries to go near post, and uh, Mings gets a touch on it, and it goes into the net. It could have easily been a Mings OG, but they decided to award it to Smith-Rowe. Uh, Villa did pull one back later on in the game Ramsey with uh, a stunner from outside the box on 82 minutes but Arsenal held on Um, only one point off United now uh, even after that terrible start we had to the league where we lost to Brentford like City and Liverpool Um, so not looking too bad at the moment oh absolutely I mean um, I suppose the first thing I want to ask is is Aubameyang uh, a valid option at the moment is he is he uh... I, I think so. I think forwards. he. I think he has. Uh, like he's returned against Spurs. He's returned against. Um, who was it? The other team we played recently. Oh, sorry, now my mind's escaping me. But he returned against last week. Oh, not a notion. Who follows Arsenal? <laughs> you think I should know? Uh, and he's returned this week. So like he's returning consistently. So I think he is turning into a valid option. And I think if Lacazette is going to be coming into the starting lineup which looks like he kind of will be after it was again <laughs> who was it it was two all Lacazette scored in injury time to get the win Palace Palace he scored against Palace sorry there it is yes uh, Vieira was yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, it was the it was it was yeah yeah um so I think um, I think he is a viable yeah. option yeah and, and uh, like uh, I I I prefer to watch the kind of more exciting uh, Martinelli and, and Nicolas Pepe, um, but obviously Lacazette. Uh, Pepe hasn't carried over the form he had from last season into this season. 
Uh, I don't think he's quite been good enough. I think our best formation at the moment is probably the 4-2-3-1 with Aubameyang up top, Lacazette in behind, Smith-Rowe on the left, Saka on the right, and then Partey and probably Lukongo, uh in central, in central midfield. Yeah, Lukonga looking good. Um, I was surprised to see a person I'd never heard of in Nuno Tavares uh, left back. Obviously, Tierney's injured. Um, to... Yeah, it was surprising. I don't think there was any mention of it before the game. Uh, at least I wasn't aware of it anyway. But Nuno Tavares is kind of a young uh, player they signed from Benfica this season. Uh, he's not bad. He's got a bit of a right foot on him. Um, likes a shot. And he loves he loves bombing forward, uh, probably more so than he does defending, which I which is going to get us into trouble at some stage. But yeah. um, he looked decent in this game. Um, a, a nice deputy to have in there for Tierney, who last season when Tierney was injured uh, didn't really have anyone to fill in that slot. So nice. Yeah, and uh, interestingly, kept Kalasnak on the bench, so he's obviously semi. Ah, uh, Kalasnak is on his way out. Um, like yeah, I didn't, I didn't if Schalke had managed to. If if Schalke had managed to stay up last season, I'm convinced they would probably would have signed him on a permanent deal. Like Arsenal would have terminated his contract and they could have signed him on a free, but that didn't happen. And there's just been no interest in him, so we have no choice but to keep him in the squad. One of those. Um, anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll move on swiftly because we do have a good few games yeah, to talk absolutely. about, including one import, one big game. So uh, Chelsea nil. Sorry, Chelsea seven. Norwich City nil. Apologies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mount um, with. Mount, Mount with the hat trick as we mentioned earlier. Uh, Callum Hudson Odoi, your your light sure. and savior, with a goal. Reese James goal, Chilwell goal, and Max Aaron's own goal. Um, did you see much of this game on? I didn't get to see it. I kind of got the highlights and got um, the description of it. But um, yeah, Kai Havertz kind of not not the major talking point of this game, but um, certainly disappointing to have played to be to to be subbed in a game where Chelsea were going so well, but also to have not returned and to have looked a little lethargic also. Um, so hopefully he gets better. Um, it's maybe, yeah. maybe, you know, like he's, he doesn't play as a striker generally, you know, he, and he usually, if he does, he plays with another striker. So I can see why it wasn't his position and why he might've felt uncomfortable in that sense. But uh, yeah, you'd you'd be thinking the furthest forward player against a ten man Norwich comes away with in a seven nil three four goals, but it wasn't to be. Uh, yeah, like Tuchel said before the game, he was asked about Havertz, and he said the uh, players that play well will play, and that's just the way it is. So I don't think he. I think he's kind of saying that I don't have any bias towards Havertz. So if he doesn't perform, I'm not afraid to to get uh, to bench him which is kind of what you saw there. I mean, he still played, I think, about 69 minutes. He played the majority of the game, but I think you were saying there, like, he's a bit lethargic. He didn't really seem to be offering much, yeah. uh, especially in a team against Norwich where you're, like, that's as that's as much of a gimme as you're going to get in terms of, like, a, a bit of a punching bag, um, and he just didn't really do anything. Um, be interesting to see what they do going forward, how long Lukaku and Werner are out for, but, yeah. Yeah, he obviously played then midweek, got a goal um, against whatever cup, Southampton, uh, that we played in the cup. So um, things might be looking up a little. He'll, I certainly won't be dropping him or looking to trade him. I just uh, will be monitoring yeah. to see if this kind of thing keeps happening. Ross Barkley came on in that game and even looked a bit more threatening than him. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a really worrying sign. Uh, the only thing, I'd, the last thing I'd say maybe is that uh, Norwich uh, definitely did not help themselves. At halftime, they made two uh, tactical substitutions that were completely made no sense. They tried to match Chelsea's 5-3-2 kind of formation and it completely went against them. Uh, eventually saw Ben Gibson get a red card and they just look completely devoid of any answers or any sort of know-how or ability to grind out a, a nil-nil. I know with Chelsea, I'm not saying they would have ground out a nil-nil, but they just don't look capable of it at all. And I'd be fearful that if they don't do something soon, they could be rival in Derby in terms of like the least points scored in a Premier League season. Yeah, they were absolutely atrocious. I mean, I didn't have a great... Um impression of Norwich when they come up but I certainly am targeting them in every sense uh, in terms of my fantasy picks from here on out well I I was and will be from here on out um, you can imagine a change of managers there maybe maybe you'd be hoping later on in the season that they'll put together some form and put it put in some attempt to stay in the Premier League but uh, yeah, yeah you're you're targeting them big time yeah, we'll uh, we'll move on yeah. to the next game. Uh, Leeds won, Wolves won. Uh, Huang Hee Chan with the goal, and then Rodrigo with the penalty in the ninety fourth minute to scrape a, a a draw for Leeds at home in a game that you really thought they were going to be a bit more competitive in and potentially look to win. Um, like I see you have a note in our documentation says here Wolves nearly cleaned, uh, and then I just wrote in close on the counts and horseshoes and hand grenades. Like Leeds just yeah. are not are but, not very uh, good. The more important note beside it was Leeds shit question mark. Oh, I might have changed that to uh, yeah. I didn't. I got rid of the question mark. Apologies. I thought was, I I I changed the question mark because it was more of a statement than anything else. Like Leeds just have not been good. There's been nothing to there's been nothing to say that they have been. You know, like even when they played Arsenal midweek, they had a or in the Carabao just yesterday, they still had a relatively decent side and just didn't really look at it at all. Really. Um, they need to get a. I think they um, need to get a fixture. Someone like Nor Norwich. Uh, I think they actually play Norwich this week, but they desperately need that game to get a win and try and boost a bit of confidence. They need to get Bamford back. Uh, Phillips is back, and he'll probably play at the full ninety at the weekend as well. Um, but yeah, they need something. Yeah, I think if if Leeds don't have the full complement, or I think if one player is injured at Leeds, like one of one of your Rafinha, Bamford, Phillips, and Maybe someone like maybe someone like Ailing, or, but if 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 Leeds have two injuries, they're one of the worst teams. Yeah, it, it reminds um, me of uh, so, my FIFA yeah. career mode where I'd invest in a really good starting eleven, but not in a in a good squad. So if any of my players got injured, it was like, oh, here here's this academy player going in at central midfield. <laughs> like, yeah, do you know, yeah, I, you'd you'd sell all your players to buy like one class winger and then you'd yeah, them immediately. Exactly. Uh, me on several occasions. So then the next game uh, was Everton two uh, five Watford. Uh, Josh King with a hat-trick against his old club who he didn't manage a single goal for. Uh, Kuka with another goal. Uh, Bonaventura with a goal in injury time. And then for Everton you had Thomas Davies with the, the opener and then Richarlison to get put them 2-1 up in the game. And then they just seemed to pull an Everton on it and stop defending. Yeah, ludicrous. In the space of what twenty minutes? Uh, or? Yeah, if even. I mean, I I didn't catch the end of this game because I was going to catch a bus into town. But by the time I got to the bus stop, it was four two, and by the time I got on the bus, it was five two. Nine minutes. Yeah. Nine minutes. So, um, 
yeah, like it was, it was just ridiculous. It, from some of the defending I saw, it was just completely disconnected. They no, no one had any idea where they were. It felt like Godfrey was having to get over and cover so much ground that he was just being left open. Um, yeah, it was just, it was really poor. Um, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I thought under Benitez that Everton kind of was, might not have this in them anymore, but Everton are going to Everton, just much like Spurs are going to Spurs. So. Like our, our prediction about an Everton clean sheet could not have been more wrong in this game, but I really don't. I don't uh, yeah, exactly. I really don't think uh, I blame us too much for it. Um, uh, the other interesting stat is Watford's last five away wins in the league have all come under five different managers. I saw that on uh, Facebook. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Do- it was doing uh, the round, so it's not really much of a big yeah. stat. Um, uh, the only uh, yeah, well done to Renier. Yeah, well done to him. I suppose the, the manager bounce is real. Um, Southampton mm. two, Burnley two. Uh, the only thing we're going to talk about is is Cornet a viable option? Because uh, he's got two goals in this game and seems to be at the heart of uh, what Burnley and anything Burnley do positive. Um, I haven't seen Cornet. And he looks good. Uh, in what I've seen of him, he does look good. Um, he's kind of got that bit of flair about him, a bit like Maximan. Um, he's obviously doing it in a e- equally as bad, if not worse, side. But he's still making the most of it. Like there was a goal he scored against yeah. Leicester. Uh, that was a really nice finish, and then he just unfortunately went off injured after that. But uh, I'd be I'd be surprised if if Burnley were able to put together enough attacking impetus for one of their forwards to be an attacking option. To be honest, I, but I think I, I could be wrong. He's either post. listed, maybe I'm wrong. In Fantrax, is he not a midfielder or maybe even a defender? Because last season with Leon, he was playing mostly as a left back. Interesting. I see him on the left of a four four two here. Mm. Um. I'm, I have no, nothing to give you on that. <laughs> okay, we'll, move, we'll I, move on. We'll I'm move on. Uh, there's not much of a for, debate for if the other side mates. isn't informed. Um, just uh, So Brighton won uh, for City. Uh, Gundogan with a goal. Foden with two goals and an assist. And Mares with the goal in injury time. Um, Brighton got a penalty yeah. in the 81st minute um, to make it a... to Foden get rid good. of the... to get rid of the... Uh, the clean sheet for Man City. Um didn't see this game main takeaways were phil foden very good um yeah yeah he's in the auto draft team in my league which i'm <laughs> sore about because i was going to take him next pick yeah exactly yeah. but you can't blame team auto draft that's he was in that spot for a reason um yeah, it just is he is he is he like the only man city attacker with his shit together um, like, no, I think Jesus. I don't want Grealish. I think Jesus, to fight, despite the fact that he's play, uh, he's playing on the right, even though he's a striker, is still registering return, average, averaging a, a good return. He's averaging like an assist uh, a game, I would say nearly. So you know he's he's got his shit together. Like in considering what they're asking him to do, um, I think would Foden be immune to pep rotation? No. Nobody is immune. I think the only person that's immune is actually Jack Grealish. I think Grealish has started pretty much every single game under Pep, bar maybe one or two. Yeah, it's a shame to see. Yeah, yeah I, I'm sure he'll come good. He's he, at the moment he's not a good pick though. I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be. Yeah, <laughs> trading him in. Um, just the the only time you'd consider he, it maybe is when the African Cup of Nations rolls around because Mares will be going off to play. So there'll be a spot there. There'll be somewhere in that rotation that you figure he'll get more starts. 
like he's too good a player to to not play you know he's he's too good to even be on the bench at the moment like is he not better than Jesus um depends like he doesn't he's more so on the left I would have thought maybe I'm wrong but I consider him more so on the left and that that's where Grealish plays I'm not saying he can't play on the right but when you've got like Jesus and Mares already out there do you know like where do, I don't know I, to me he makes kind of more sense maybe going into uh, um as an as an eight in a midfield three maybe um so he can be a bit more attacking and not have to worry about the defensive duties as much but um that's just me maybe yeah I wouldn't be knocking Brighton too much in the back of this game. I think they they were they were flying at the no no. Forward. I'm not knocking they them at all. They tried to play football against they tried to play football against City and that just didn't work out for them. No no, I wouldn't um, knock them. They're still in. I think they're still around the top four or in the top four so far this season. So like, look, Graham Potter's done a fantastic job at Brighton. Um, we've talked about it before. He, the system he's playing, the players have finally kind of realised what they're they how they're supposed to play it, how their roles are, and it's really showing now. Um, I think they were unlucky last season just for not being able to take their chances, but they're a lot better. They're doing it much better at it this season. Yeah, you mentioned that um, Everton do their Everton just as Spurs will Spurs, and none more so than this weekend. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, like skipping Hoiberg as as a double pivot don't strike me as fantastic footballers. No, they're not fantastic footballers, but that's kind of not their job. They're kind of there just to clean up the mess. And Skip does that better than Ndombele, which is why Ndombele is playing further forward and Deli Ali's on the bench because Deli Ali's just completely out of form. Um, but like Mikel Antonio, three in, three in his last three uh, against Spurs, I think, in the um, West Ham Stadium. And Spurs just never really looked called? at it. The West Ham Stadium. It's not called West Ham Stadium. I think it's called the uh, uh, the Olympic St- London Olympic Stadium or something. It was built for the Olympics in 2012, course. and they took over took it over after leaving yeah, yeah, yeah. Upton Park. I they might have come up with a nice name. That's brutal. Go on. Um, yeah, no, I, I caught most of this game. Spurs just did not look at it at it at all. Uh, Son and Kane didn't really look interested. Kane just doesn't look hasn't looked interested all season, frankly. Uh, bar the the goal and the assist he got against Newcastle, um, yeah, like it's I I don't know, like Spurs just kind of feel so meh, like they're like the only exciting thing that really kind of happened in this game, other than the goal, was Christian Romero um, diving in on Pablo Fornals and then shouting at him on the ground, causing Fornals to immediately be healed by the power by the power of the gods uh, to start fighting with uh, Christian Romero. <laughs> who uh got a card for his troubles um, um but yeah i, I you know i sorry go ahead i'd be interested yeah um well done to west ham on making spurs look this shit i'm, I'm not sure it was all on their behalf on spurs behalf um i think a west ham defend defender i think west ham have a lovely run of fixtures as well so if you have that or looking at that i think now is a good time um but yeah like there's 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 like two players at Spurs at the moment that you might have in your fantasy football team in Kane and Son. Um, That's it, really. Like Ndombele is interesting because he is the guy who plays, has, uh, tries to link things up. Uh, I, I wouldn't bother with Moura. So I'd monitor, monitor it. Maybe they might get a few shit games and they might get going. But like you're looking at the lineup here and it's just... Well, they've got United at home next, so I depend. I think depending on who you talk to, that might be that might be a game for them to beat up on a shit team. Yeah, 
But we'll get to that. I saw it called uh, El Sakico there on uh, Facebook. <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, yeah, Brentford won Leicester 2. Uh, T. Elements, uh, with apparently another screamer. Unfortunately, I didn't catch this game. Uh, Jorgensen then equalized, and then Madison um, gave them, scored the winner in the 74th. Um, T. Elements doing T. Elements things on, I suppose, as you were mentioning earlier. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I saw Madison's goal. It was a lovely break, like a classic Leicester goal. Just Madison on the end of it. Um, Telemans with a cracker. So I'd love to. I don't have Telemans xG stats, but I would expect them to be very low because you can't just go around scoring screamers. It doesn't. I don't know. Ruben out. Neves has built his whole career off only scoring screamers. What would you What would you say his expected goals for the game was? Oh, geez, I don't know one. Um... Considering he plays in a holding midfield in a three-five-two, I can't imagine it'll be very high. But you know, he just he just knows. It's not even the fact that they're all bangers; like they're all like you know, driven shots from outside the box. Like the goal you get scored against United was showed really, really smart um, thinking to see De Gea where he was positioned himself and to dink it over him into the top far corner. Like it was a really lovely, delicate finish. So. He's kind of got it all about him. Um, and if he was potentially played further forward, maybe we'd see it more. But I don't know. It was like the fact that they were able to sign him so easily from Monaco after his initial loan at Leicester felt mad to me at the time because he looked like such a good player. Like I remember when we Arsenal played him, played him, played Leicester, and he basically just tore us apart that game. Um, but yeah, he looks a real player. Yeah. Uh, his XG for the game was was point zero two anyway. Um, yeah, he's. I think he's available in my league, and I am dropping Pogba. And the more I'm listening to you, the more I'm interested. But I think it's still Tielemans doing Tielemans things. Like, can does he get that kind of opportunity every game, and does he take it every game? Ah, uh, he he so. doesn't take it every game, but he usually gets one or two oppor- one or two opportunities to shoot from outside the box. Yeah, he does. Um. Sure, so does Rudiger and Otamendi back in his day, but you, know, you don't pick them up for their goal-scoring prowess. Well, uh, the other thing to remember is that if if Vardy isn't on the pitch, uh, Tielemans takes the penalties. Yeah, 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 I understand that, but I don't know. I, I think he's a, he's, a, he's a player you're picking up and just waiting to drop him. Maybe, so yeah. I still think that, yeah. Um, the only other thing I'd say is that Madison back to form is good for me and fellow Madison owners because... This three-five-two formation with the two strikers up top seems to suit him a bit better. Uh, he's got a bit more to uh, to pass to when he's when he's going forward. So hopefully uh, it stays stays going. Um, right. Hopefully we'll get to so. the we'll get to the main event, will we? Oh, which? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The bread. And the <laughs> I yeah, can't the believe meat, you actually forgot. The yeah. So I, I, was, I was looking around here at the faces <laughs> and I was like, Crystal Palace, Newcastle, one-one. <laughs> Alise looks unreal. Uh, <laughs> uh, that yeah. that Alise bit was not yeah. in the notes for the listeners. Um, United nil, Liverpool five. Uh, Keita with the first, Jota with the second, and then Salah just took over. Then. Uh, scoring a hat trick, uh, he assisted Keita for the first as well. Henderson got a, a lovely assist for um, uh, Salah's uh, third goal in the second half. Lovely outside of the boot uh, pass after he dispossessed. I think it might have been Pogba in midfield or Fred in midfield, and just plays him in. And Salah has the easiest run and finish. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, Owen, where do you even want to to start on this? Um, well, I suppose the, my my first thinkings are about what's wrong at Man United, and like there is a lot of talk about Ronaldo being the striker and the team playing to accommodate Ronaldo, and he doesn't track. But that doesn't explain a five nil loss, and what looked like a fantastic back four coming into this season. I think we were all kind of mesmerized by the Euros. But Juan Bissaka, Lindelof, Maguire, Shaw now to me looks like a mid-table or lower back four. Um, and I don't know, is it all air or is it, or what's causing it? Like Fred and McTominay, I really liked McTominay. Uh, Fred never played football very well. So, it's, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> so, um, Tifo uh, did a really good podcast uh, about this actually on the other day. I'd encourage people to go and listen to that as well because they're probably going to go into a bit more detail than we will uh, on some of the points. But uh, it was a very good listen. Um, So to go back on some of your points, uh, is it all Cristiano's fault? No, it's not entirely Cristiano's fault. Um, But at the same time, he's contributing to the problem. So, if you think about it, before the start of the season, uh, United had just signed Sancho after two years of um, trying to sign him, and they finally looked, right, look, we've got Greenwood, we've got Cavani as like our strikers, like Cavani, Cavani can teach Greenwood the ropes and show him around, we can put Sancho on the right, we can put Rashford on the left, Bruno through the middle, uh, we're looking good there, like at the time they hadn't sold Dan James yet, so they still had backup options there. But then Ronaldo is being linked with City and then uh, all hell breaks loose. Uh, United fans go mad saying that Man United can't allow Ronaldo to go to uh, Man City. It'd be sacrilege. Ferguson is then ringing up the board and ringing up Ronaldo, telling him he can't do this. Ferdinand is is on Twitter um, posting cryptic messages that are about Ronaldo going to United. And then next thing you know, Ronaldo is a United player again. Um, like uh, it feels like United to appease their fans, sacrifice maybe the long term gain of uh, developing Greenwood and Sancho, uh, for bringing Ronaldo in, who's a thirty seven year old striker who's probably not at his peak anymore. I don't think that'd be unfair to say, considering he's won multiple Ballon d'Ors, and he is probably only going to be there for two years. It just seemed mad to me. It didn't fit what Solskjaer's plan was. The plan was to build the squad um, from a relatively young and develop it that way. Like, you look at Sancho now and you say, what was the plan? Like, you spent two years trying to sign this player. You finally signed him. And now he's sitting on the bench for you doing nothing because you don't know what to do with him. Because you have to start Ronaldo in every game now. Otherwise, it's a tabloid headline. Uh, Greenwood then has to play on the right because... He's probably on form. Well, he is on form better than um, Sancho, but then he's kind of played out of position because we know he wants to play through the middle. Um, and yeah, it just seems all a bit of a mess. Like I haven't even talked about the back four. Like Varane not being there is big. Um, but like you know Shaw, like everyone was kind of banging on about how good Shaw was attacking wise, but. Uh, he's really been kind of been showing up. Like if you look at that first goal, uh, 
the first goal is probably in a microcosm is a brilliant example of everything that's kind of wrong at United. So um, I think Ronaldo signals for Greenwood to go and press and he does. But when Greenwood goes to press, he goes to press alone. So then there's nobody else joining him in the press, which means then that the press is basically ineffective because the passer then has multiple options to get around the player. And then when he does that, that then causes Wan-Bissaka to shoot up to mark off Jota. But he's too late. By the time he gets there, he's basically in no man's land. Jota's got the ball. And he, and at that stage, the defense is already reeling. Like, uh, Fred is out of position on the other side of the field. Uh, McTominay is there, but he's out of position. Maguire has to cover across to try and match the space. And then Shaw, Lindelof has to cover... Uh, no, sorry. Lindelof has to go to Wambasaka. Maguire has to follow him over. And then Shaw has to go and is basically through the middle of the field. Um, uh, Jota has an easy ball through to Henderson who is then able to find Salah, and then Luke Shaw is basically in a two-on-one situation with what I, what is the best player in the world at the moment, uh, or a, a, a guy running free in Keita, who's got miles and miles of space in front of him. Salah does really well, makes Luke Shaw bite, passes it into Keita, who has an easy finish to make it 1-0. Like, everything that is, that is kind of wrong with United can be symbolized there. The other thing I forgot to mention is that McTominay is jogging back. Like, he sees what is kind of happening in front of him, but he doesn't make the effort to run back. He jogs, and then Shaw's completely lost. Yeah, so what, what kind of stood out to me there is what what Ole had been doing well was they were defensively solid to some extent and, and maybe didn't have fantastic it, attacking impetus. It, but it, but it wasn't even the that they were defensively solid on. They were defensively solid in teams that they knew were better than them. So they would sit in a 4-5-1. Yes, they would sit in yeah, a 4-5-1 yeah. and they would look to counter-attack. They weren't looking to uh, keep possession the whole time because That's... that suited them. Because with Cavani up front, he's a very smart... Um, He's a very smart presser. And again, I'm kind of referencing the TFO podcast here. But he does a thing where he curves his runs. So when he's when he's pressing the ball, he isn't pressing the ball. He's pressing the ball and he's also pressing the, the, the easiest passing option for that player. So if you imagine Robertson has the ball and he's going to press Robertson, he's not just pressing Robertson. He's also curving his run in towards the center back, which would be Van Dijk, so that Robertson knows that if he passes to Van Dijk, he's instantly going to be under pressure. So it's things like that that the players aren't doing well because they're not coached how to do it. Solskjaer is old school. Carrick is old school. Um, I can't think of the other assistant coach, but he's there even longer than the other two lads. They don't know how to institute a press that's effective enough because they don't know how. And I think that's another thing is that the coaching and the player instructions aren't good enough. Like Bruno was in the interview last week when Leicester beat them 4-2 where he said, yeah, the players have some responsibility to except for this defeat. But we also know that the coaching staff have to improve as well, which was very like weird for a player to say. You don't hear a player often call out his coaching staff in a post-match interview. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose the point I was trying to make there is they're not playing the same football which they were doing before, which was good enough to get them into fourth. And it seems that Ronaldo arrived and now there's this entirely new style, which they've only just tried to start playing in the last little while and tried it against Liverpool. Um, and it's completely new and Ole's getting all the blame. And it's it's interesting, as you were speaking there, I was thinking, yeah, Ronaldo's arrived. The style of football is completely different. It's it, atrocious. It's anyone would have beaten Man United, not just Liverpool. And 
it's, something has to change. I'm not sure it's the manager has to change. I mean, I think if Ole would just play Cavani instead, and but that's the it doesn't even have to be Greenwood. Then it could be it could be Sancho. But that's the thing, though. They that by this bringing in Ronaldo has uh, effectively kind of they've kind of gone from a team like okay, we're going to challenge in maybe another couple of years to okay, we're a team that has to challenge now. And I don't think Solskjaer is good enough at the moment to do that. Like he's not Tuchel, he's not Klopp, he's not uh, Guardiola. Like he's not that caliber of of manager. Not saying he can't be in the future, but he's not now. And that's what United are, are at the moment with Ronaldo there. Like they're win now because he's only got like a couple, two, three years left. Like if we're being honest, really, before he kind of goes off of not off the cliff. Off the cliff is the wrong term. But yeah, it's a dangerous um, bet. But like this to, is the think that you're going to get your trophies in the next year or two, rather than just back what Ole was doing, and as you mentioned before, build up the team not this year, maybe next year. Um, but now it's a case of if you don't do it right now, you're back to fucking square one. Ole will get sacked, a new manager will come in, he'll probably you know whoever Conte or whoever will try and make it work for a year or two. And yeah, and that's you know you're left you're left in a shit like in 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 two to three years time. Yeah, I wouldn't even say two to what three years. It's more like eighteen months. I think that was similar kind of timeline to what I think Mourinho ended up being was it eighteen months, maybe two years, maybe eighteen months. I think, but that's kind of where you're looking at going now. If you get rid of Solskjaer, who do you bring in? Who is available? Um, Conte is available. Does he fit that? Does he fit that? No, not really. Uh, I think he would personally actually murder Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, I don't. Uh, I think those two would be so polar opposites. Uh, it's un. It's unreal. Um, I was talking to someone in work today who saw, who uh, who was a United fan. He, he said a quote from Conte was, um, "If I don't see a player given a given effort, I won't even sell him to another team. I might as well just murder him because he's no use to anyone." Um, and I'm not saying Ronaldo isn't useless. I'm trying to be very kind, uh, not kind. I'm very trying to be very cautious in how I pick my words because I know United fans are probably going to try and dismantle me here. But um, like getting rid of Ali now and bringing in, I don't know, Carrick as a caretaker manager, it just seems like it's the same thing that they did when they got rid of Mourinho and brought in Ali. I don't think that's the thing that's going to work for them anymore. Um, bringing in Zidane Zidane is available he's worked with Varane before he's worked with Ronaldo before but he also had a much better squad at Real Madrid he had Cruz uh, Modric and Casemiro in the midfield he had Sergio Ramos and Casillas and Keylor Navas and um, loads of other players like Bale was in the prime of his for, uh, of his career like um, I don't I don't know where United go next it feels like Conte is almost the just the biggest name out there to get and to challenge but it feels like that they could be looking at uh, themselves in another 18 to two months 18 months to two years time going well we're in the same boat again yeah yeah and i'm sure for the rest of the season they'll do a job against shit teams um but yeah there's not a whole pile more to say about them um liverpool good or yeah, obviously. Yeah, good, we have to give Liverpool. Did, did we learn? Did we learn anything about Liverpool in this game? Um, did we learn anything new about Liverpool? Not, not really. I mean, not, like what they do. What we learned is well, what we learned is that they knew, they know, like they know. Obviously, they know how to manage games, but they looked at that game very early on and went, like, we could, if we wanted to, we could like score seven or eight goals on these guys. But would it be better? Would it be smarter? Is for us to go? Um, okay, well look we're going to win this game anyway we might as well try and keep 
some of our players fresh and not overwork ourselves uh, and be ready for the next game, which is kind of what they did really towards the end. Like they, they scored in the 50th minute and they didn't really do much after that. They were clinical. They took every single kind of goal scoring opportunity they had to score. They scored it. Um, they had a very um, patched together, I would say, nearly third string, third string midfield. Like you had Henderson, uh, Keita and Milner. Milner went off injured. Then so Curtis Jones came on. And then obviously, you know, like Curtis Jones is a good player, but, you know, you're missing your you're missing a good uh, Fabinho and Thiago and a few other key players there in midfield. And it didn't seem to matter. Like it just didn't seem to matter because United's midfield is so useless. Um, yeah, and then they brought in Kanate for Matip, who I think Kanate was only making his second or his third start for Liverpool, and it was in a big game against United at Old Trafford, and it did again, it didn't seem to matter. Um, full credit to Liverpool, they played the they played the game that we knew they would play, and they played it really well. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I wonder. It's annoying for Matip owners that Kanate played the full the full game. Um, Tell me about it. I have Matip. I Matip. Yeah, Matt had played in the cup then, I believe. So he did. That's a headache for uh, Liverpool, or sorry, Liverpool, Matip owners. Um, I don't think there's anything else. I mean, Bobby played seventy-seven, didn't do anything. Um, I don't think we, we 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 can tell you anything exciting or interesting about Liverpool. Salah's a decent footballer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's not that. He's not <laughs> bad that Egyptian lad, ain't he? Uh, no, nah, he. I mean, he, I'll be. I'll be conscious of 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 the fullbacks that might rotate with cup and Champions League games, and maybe bring in Simicast. Uh, other than that, Simicast played the played in the cup in the Liverpool team. Simicast played in the cup this week. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying going going forward, like when when they have more important Champions League games and things, I'll be monitoring the Liverpool fullbacks. Yeah, fair. Um, but um, I suppose the final note is that as of today or as of recording, Solskjaer has been told that he will keep his job. And he's on basically what I would presume to be a game-to-game basis. And with the game against Spurs coming up, that's going to be an interesting one because both of them are playing pretty poorly. And I don't know what result is considered a good result against that Spurs side. Like, you would be thinking he kind of has to win that game, but does he really? You know, it's it's kind of all a bit in limbo. Like, it felt like after a 5-0 loss against Liverpool... Their biggest rivals, their biggest loss in 126 years, I think. Salah is the first player, a Liverpool player, to score a hat trick at Old Trafford. You thought there'd be some reaction, but there just hasn't been. Like it's all been kind of, I'm guessing, under wraps. But you thought you'd see something. Um, how long Solskjaer stays in the job is anyone's game at this stage. Uh, Fabrizio Romano, who is like uh, famous for breaking news before most other people. Um, put up a video and then took it down off YouTube where he confirmed that Solskjaer was gone as manager. So I can only imagine that a lot of the... And I think other uh, news reporters or beat reporters for the United uh, team were saying something similar, that um, it was a very close decision whether he even stayed this, this long. So we'll see how long that goes on for. Anyway, I'm conscious I've talked way too long. Yeah, I... I, I... So I first saw that it was like he was going to be given three games, and then I think the consensus is the Spurs game is the decider. Um, yeah, two last things. Uh, Pogba's tackle was a red. Definitely. Ronaldo's? 
Uh, I funny enough, I uh, only watched that back again uh, last night. Um, it could it could have easily for me. Uh, it was yeah. by the letter of the law. Yeah. It probably wasn't a red, but I couldn't have har- I couldn't have argued with the ref, the ref if he decided to give him a red. It was it was so so stupid, and it just kind of showed that how rattled United were that they just had nothing in like do you ever play a game against a team when you know you're hammering them so all the other team is trying to do is get cheap shots in and niggle and and do, yeah, and do yeah, shit exactly. to try and rile you and get you get late, you late tackles exactly yeah it felt like that themselves. it felt like that yeah. and for United that just felt so poor <laughs> yeah it was it kind of epitomized the game in a lot of ways I, I was on the sauce when I watched it and Ronaldo's in my team and I was like, no way, is that a red? And <laughs> then I sobered up and, and I, I think it actually was a red. I think I, I, I should have been a red in, in today's game. I think you're not allowed to do that. If someone goes out and does that next weekend, what are, what are we going to say? Uh, I think the refs are kind of going to be... Like, the refs will review uh, these games and I think they'll look at that Ronaldo incident and probably say, look... We need to have a firmer look on this if it's to happen again. Will it? I don't think it will, but it'll be something the refs will probably be reminded of going on to this later in the season if it were to happen again. I think there might be more severe consequences for it. Yeah. Hazard did it to a ball boy before. He was sent off for that, wasn't he? He was, yeah. I didn't remember. Yeah, yeah. And that was even less. There was even less than that. Anyway, uh, we have to look ahead at next (laughs) week's fixtures. I feel like we could talk for another half an hour about Man United. Oh, Liverpool, really could. I might, <laughs> I might change topic. Um, we have a little bit of administration to do in our league in that uh, the bottom four on game week eight are in a relegation tie or a tie that sees them get into the cup or not. A cup is a knockout, uh, a knockout tournament that occurs on defined game weeks. So um, the uh, unfortunate four, which have to come up against each other in our fixtures, are Gary, Andy, Ray, and Mitch. So I have my number generator here. So I'm going to, Gary being one, Andy being two, Ray being three, Mitch being four. I'm going to start her up. Any words of uh, encouragement for the boys, Steve? Uh, I hope um, Connor gets team auto-draft, because that's probably be the big, easiest win for him. Actually, well... Well, Connor's not in it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I forgot. Sorry. Mitch. Mitch, so. I'm rooting for Mitch. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Rooting for Mitch. All right. I'm going to get the first number out of the hat. It's four. It is Mitch. And Ooh. then we'll get our second one. Ooh. It's one. It's Gary. Ah. So Mitch is taking on Gary, uh, who obviously put up a fierce, small score against myself. And that leaves Andy and Ray, obviously. Um so sure you don't want to do yeah, the number generator just to be certain well, i mean yeah well two was next <laughs> so that leaves <laughs> number three ray appeared yeah, andy with the home fixture and that one mitch with the home fixture. oh home home, home crowd is going to be really important for those uh those cup games you really need to get the crowd behind you it's absolutely lethal mitch's girlfriend will be poking the head off gary <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, um, that's the cup. Uh, next, we have to look at game week 10. Um, is there an exciting fixture you'd like to tell us about, Stephen? 
Um, Leicester Arsenal is an interesting one for the early kickoffs. Um, then after that, it's not really. I suppose the next int- most interesting one after that is probably uh, Spurs United, just purely for the implications of it for both sides. Like Nuno, it's, a, it's absolutely massive. Uh, yeah, it feels massive for both yeah, sides, but obviously uh, more so for Ali. But I, I mean, you have Nuno at Spurs, who's struggle struggling he's fighting for his fucking life man uh <laughs> and then you have ali who like honestly i think is just just shy of like sacrificing a goat to see if it get help him win a game um so if alex if alex ferguson is driving down to the stadium or wherever to, to save your life He's on life support at the moment. Yeah, uh, which is interesting considering Ferguson was probably the guy on life support not that long ago when he had to have the emergency brain surgery. So, in fairness, yeah. yeah. But uh, those um, are the two main ones for me. Um, if we're talking in terms of fantasy, uh, obviously uh, Liverpool, Brighton, Liverpool at home, you would, I know Brighton are playing well, but you would fancy Liverpool clean sheet there. So you'd start any defenders you have. Matip played in the Carabao Cup this week. I think he might have played the full 90, so potentially looking at another Kanate and Van Dijk pairing. Um, I don't see much rotation in this game, really. Yeah, but like you're, you're obviously going to see Trent and Robbo start. Uh, Simakas played a full 90, I think, in that game as well. Um, and then, like you know, it feels bad because Matip hasn't really done anything wrong, but just Kanate is the, the new big name signing to be par- par- partnering uh, Van Dyke. So that's the way it's going to go in the future, you, you you presume. Yeah, it's it's actually crazy given the form Matip's in that he would be get played out of the team by a twenty two year old that's just arrived, um, and like the form Liverpool are in. But yep, it's uh, nice for Liverpool to be able to do that. Mm. Um, um, Chelsea then away to Newcastle. Obviously, Newcastle recently got rid of Steve Bruce. Uh, they managed to get a one-one draw against uh, Palace, and I don't like Callum Wilson scored an overhead kick against Palace, and nobody's talking about it. Like Danny Ings did it. We were talking Ronaldo about it. Ronaldo as... kicked the ball at someone, Steve. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, priorities. Important. <laughs> yeah, but like when Ing- Ings did it, everyone was like, "That's a gold season contender." It's like, well, Callum Wilson did it, and nobody really cared. Uh, maybe it's because it's Newcastle. Yeah. I don't know, but y- you'd fancy Chelsea in that one as well. You'd be starting any Chelsea defenders you have. Um, yep. Same. Yeah, Chelsea have a great run, so your any any Chelsea bit of Chelsea you have it all get get it or. Or use it. And, um, um, Kai Havertz being taken off after seventy minutes on is he likely to start? He played the full ninety during the week in Southampton. Oh, sorry, goal. he did. Uh, he did. I was yeah, thinking of so, the game against Norwich. Apologies. I mean, if yeah, yeah. So what was I going to say? I mean, Cho start him. Mount start him. You have Ziyech who plays as a striker, other than Havertz when the two boys are injured. Uh. I don't know who else to put up there. So, I mean, kind of has to be. Just for the listeners, when he says Cho, he means Callum Hudson-Odoi. Or Lord and Saviour. I do, I think he'll I do think he'll start. Yeah. (laughs) Such a long pause. Um, Watford-Southampton. Hard to read on that. Like, will Watford continue their form? Southampton are bad. Aside from Armando Brogia. Mm. Stay away, in my opinion. I think if you have any, I think if you have any Southampton players, I don't know. I wouldn't be starting any defenders really. Um, yeah, I'd stay away from that one. Me personally. Um, 
Uh, Man City Palace, you'd be fancy, and again City win. Um, yeah, the, the big the big boys uh, looking have, at the starting lineups for week. the Chelsea or sorry the City game. It's going to be a high scoring week, given that you have Liverpool, Chelsea, and City. Yeah, lower league opposition. Or, uh, yeah, lower table opposition. Yeah, like Sterling and Mahrez both started that game, so the Gundogan and De Bruyne, uh, Walkers and Shenko Ake Stones. So you'd fancy Diaz come in, Cancelo come in, even though he came on at halftime. You'd fancy Laporte come in. Uh, Foden's going to get a start. Jesus is going to get a start. Grealish is going to get a start. So yeah. smoke him if you got him. Um, <laughs> a nice little yawn from you there, Owen. To... We are we are recording this yeah, a bit late, so the, yeah, I'll allow it. Um, then after that, then... Yeah. Uh, after that, Is then we're talking about. We just, uh, I'm hopeful just, that Ivan Tony and Brentford. These fixtures are trash. Norwich Leeds not getting in it. Happen. Leeds forwards. <laughs> Everton Wolves play a yeah. forward. West Ham Villa play a West Ham. Uh, do play a West Ham defender. That's the question. Would you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, play a West Ham no. defender. Um, I probably yeah, I probably would. It depends on the defender. If it's yeah, Cresswell, yeah. yeah, because like what he offers from set pieces and crosses into the box is it's worth it. Um, I think it's worth it. West Ham are on a good run of form. They they just beat literally just beat City in the Carabao Cup and in their five year run of like dominance in that cup. So much so that Phil Foden, after he got man of the match in the final of last season, went and bought a dog <laughs> and named it Carabao. That's ridiculous. Um, I hope he has a the sponsorship but, yeah, on the side of the dog um, like, spray painted on. Yeah. Um, you play your forwards in the United. <laughs> like you play so tattooed. Play <laughs> I have. I, I do. I, do I start Ronaldo against Spurs? I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think you do. Like he's gonna start. Like I'm. I mean, I'd be very surprised if Cavani came in and okay, get the nod okay. ahead of him after all the shit that's that's been going on. Like. No. Uh. No, they got knocked out of the Carabao earlier this year. I think they didn't play this. They like if they didn't play, they didn't play last night and they didn't play yesterday. So okay. they're not in a cup. I think we have that wrapped up. I think we can um, look at our own teams a bit more exciting and the matchups that we have coming up. Yeah, yeah. So I'm playing Tyg, who is on holidays out in uh, one of the lovely, islands. Course, lovely looking course, place. Ah, fuck, I can't remember. Uh, so he'll be distracted, is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure it's. Yeah, that's what I'm really hoping for that he's that he's distracted. Um, my keeper situation is a bit of a mess at the moment. I have Pickford and Schmeichel. I obviously have Pickford against Wolves uh, away, and I have Schmeichel against Arsenal at home. Uh, I don't really want to start either, but I don't know if there's any keepers that are out on the waiver wire that are better. So uh, undecided about who I'll start there. Um, Cancelo will be starting against Palace. Uh, I have. I have Matip and Anderson and Robertson starting, um, but I have a feeling I'm going to have to um, swap out Matip for Reese James, which I'm not entirely upset about. Because, but if um, Matip played the cup game this week, I'm not. Ho- I'm not hopeful that he will start at the weekend. Uh, Bowen will get the nod because he's very consistent. Uh, Madison is getting the nod because he scored last week. Basically, <laughs> and then front four of Salah, who of course is going to start, Rashford, who of course is going to start, Tony and Vardy, who of course are going to start. That leaves so, um, um, 
the Leafs. Yeah, that seems my team. I'm very happy with my front four. Like my front four of Salah, Rashford, Tony, and Vardy looks looks solid. Yeah, I couldn't argue with you that leaves Sancho, Matip, and Townsend on the bench, who I wouldn't be totally excited about starting. Yeah, yeah. For now. Um, thinking of any changes? Yeah. <sighs> Apart from the keeper and the one I just mentioned about Reese James and Matip, not really. Um, I'll see what other midfield options are about, but um, not going to give too yeah, much away. The team kind of picks itself there a little. Um, yeah, I'll jump down. I'll jump down to uh, yeah. Winnie the Pooh being my team name. Allison gets the nod against Brighton. Uh, Chilwell against Newcastle. Cresswell against Villa. Laporte against Palace. Diaz against Palace. Semedo will be dropping to the bench with his game against Everton. Um, Bernardo Silva starts. Delighted to see him not play during the cup. Kai Havertz, as we just discussed, I'm going to start him. Uh, my third midfielder, I'll be picking up. I mean, like we spent so long talking about Tielemans, but I don't even want to pick up Tielemans for Paul Pogba, so I need to look in more detail. Like, I was actually considering a lease there at Palace. You'd rather keep... You'd honestly, you would honestly rather keep a suspended Paul Pogba no, no, on your I'm bench not, than a Tielemans player Pogba. who's actually playing well. But uh, I am just... <laughs> something about Tielemans. He's one of those guys. But I mean, if that was the only other option... It's not the only other option. Do you know what? I'll... I'll, I'll, I'll I'll go but if it were, to my team and I'll have a look at the available mids. That might be an interesting discussion. No, it's a hypothetical one. If T if T Elements was the only other option, would you pick him over a suspended Paul Pogba? I would put a player that will get at least one or two points on my bench or team rather than <laughs> a definite zero. There you go. Um, but yeah, uh, Ronaldo. I kind of, as we chatted about, have to start. Manny and Son will be starting Bamford and Geller will be on my bench. Um, I will look at the available mids. Why not? I'm going to get some of my fancy football team done on the podcast. I'm not going to pick up Kovacic. It really makes for interest in listening on. Just looking at, yeah. l- listening to you look at players Tielemans. that you might potentially pick <laughs> up. Tielemans, Decore, Heiberg, McGinn, Keita, Chaloba, Allen, Declan Rice, nothing there. I mean, it might be Elise at Crystal Palace, even if he is playing City as in Liverpool. Um, I don't know. Maybe it'll be Tielemans. Maybe someone else will pick him up. We'll find out this weekend. Yeah, um, really glad we're leaving them on a high, <laughs> letting you list out the available midfielders in the in your league for wavering in. They love it. They love to see the thought process. I don't think they do. Um, what else are we to discuss? I to be honest, on I don't know what else there is to discuss. Um, unless we want to go back and talk more about United and Liverpool, but I feel like we shouldn't. I feel like this podcast has has been on for gone on long enough. I think you're right. Um, I had fun doing it anyway. Yeah, yeah, fun as always, but a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Um. Thanks once again, Stephen. Ihawa, Sloan to the listeners. Have you any last word? Um, no, I just want to say thanks to everyone for listening and sticking with us so far. Um, we have the Discord obviously set up. Uh, feel free to join that. And we also started a Twitter account uh, at the FPL Jingle if you want to go and follow that. Uh, I'll try and uh, be a bit more active on there, maybe po- posting during the, during the games this weekend and Maybe I don't know. See how see how we get on. Maybe we can gain gain a bit of traction there. And uh, yeah, just thanks for everything. Cool. 
Thanks, everyone. Bye now. Bye now.